You're listening to the Black Box Music Podcast with Brian and Nick, where we're talking to artists about what it's like to get your music heard in the ever-changing music industry, uh, how it is to use tools like social media and other platforms as an independent artist in a changing music business. Today we sit down with Bogota, Colombia's Mowgli. Juan Pablo and Samuel talk to us about the origins of their sound, as well as some of the cultural differences in the different parts of Colombia, and how music is one way of uniting all walks of life in their beautiful and inspiring country. Here's more from Mowgli now. Hello everyone, I'm Juan Pablo. I'm Samuel and we are Mowgli. We're a band from Colombia and we like to mix folkloric Colombian music with electronic, electronic music trends. And we've been playing for four years now. Nice. The whole well, concept for... behind the, the band is uh, that we like to take uh, nature sounds and uh, culture, cultural Colombian uh, traditions and place them into our music. So That's awesome. Mm-hmm. There's like, a, like this uh, Colombian uh, feeling behind it, not only in a musical way, but also like in visuals and, and uh, sounds and the, the whole uh, sound, soundscape, soundscape mm-hmm. behind the music. Yeah, how did you guys get to that place? Did you were you in bands before? Different kinds of, like, give us some background on you guys as musicians and how you got to the sound that that you guys are doing, Mowgli. Sure. Well, actually, uh, Sam and I know each other like ten years ago now, and uh, we knew each other when we were studying music, uh, and uh, we were like discovering music in many ways. Um, when we were like. In our teenager years, we loved most of all rock music, um, all kinds of rock, uh, even metal music from Iron Maiden to The Killers to Guns N' Roses to Coldplay, whatever had rock influences, we liked it a lot. Uh, and then we started discovering a lot of new genres. And in that process, uh, we started falling in love with the Colombian traditional music, mm. uh, which is a really special and a really powerful music in many ways. Um, it is funny because us as Colombians uh, grew up like surrounded by this kind of music, but never did really pay attention to these sounds we have over here. Uh, that on one hand. And on the other hand, in Colombia, we have uh, the gift of being surrounded, surrounded by a lot of nature of different kinds. We have a lot of different landscapes. We've got also a lot of different cultures over here a lot of different um, dialects and everything like just went to this same place where we started inspiring from and this was how Mowgli was born. Interesting. Excellent. I I got a question real quick. Does Mowgli translate to anything? Like how'd you come up with that name? Is it a Colombian term or? No, no, it's it's not a Colombian term. It's actually the the name of the character of the Kipling's book of uh, Jungle Book. The Jungle Book, Jungle book yeah. exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it is. Yeah. We, it, yeah, it's it because is. we kind of felt like Mowgli when we started this. You know, like Mowgli mm-hmm. uh, was in the middle of the jungle, raised by animals, and it's not because of that. <laughs> That's <laughs> because okay. it's because he's trying to to help the 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 you know like the the jungle and the animals, but he's not really a part of that environment. He's a human, and he's not like. He's raised by by wolves, but he's not like uh, from. He's not a wolf in himself, but he's trying to help them to unify the jungle. 
So it's kind of a metaphor of what happens here in Colombia. We have a lot of culture. We have a lot of uh, native Colombian culture, if I can say, uh, a lot of music genres, a lot of uh, a lot of traditions. And we are from Bogota. We are not actually part of those traditions. We 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 are not. We we didn't. Bur- we 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 were not raised by uh, you know you know by indigenous in the Amazonas or by communities in the uh, Pacific Colombian coast. Uh, but we really appreciate what they're making and the sounds they're creating and the culture behind it and what they are uh, contributing to the world. And we kind of wanna see the, the, the we want to share this to the to the entire world through our music so we felt like like Mowgli like we are not uh, people from from exactly those parts of Colombia but we want to kind of unify them and show them to the world in a way that people can understand it like that's what what Mowgli actually like the whole jungle book is it's a uh, uh, an American, or uh, you know, it's it's uh, actually it's from the from the UK. Kipling is from it's. Uh, I think he's yeah, from England, uh, but uh, uh, it's like a Indian. like a how do you say that? Like a, a ox, ox, you can say a Western kind of, uh-huh. you know, like mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a Western perspective, so people could understand in in uh, the visions that Kipling has had about the jungle and the Indian culture. So uh, we felt kind of like that, like uh, being Kipling and trying to take all this culture, music, uh, traditions, uh, and describe them, describe it in a way that people from all over the, all, all over the world can understand it. Because uh, it's not easy to to understand indigenous cultures or a, a Afro-Colombian culture uh, if you are presented to it in a direct form. So uh, taking it and mixing it with electronic and with m- pop music or modern music kind of makes it, makes it easy to understand and to appreciate what those cultures are about. Yeah, there's, you know, the, the obviously British has got a lot of uh, colonial influence and at least earlier they did in that, you know, that, those book, that book ties into that right? That experience of being in India and being a British person in India during that time. Um, but tell me, like, it just as you guys were talking, I, I think it would be cool for everybody to know a little bit more about um, what it's like to be a Colombian in in today's day ta- and, and like the, 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 the influences that culturally that you, you're kind of referencing here I'll give you like an example that you can maybe use is that right now there's there's all kinds of of racial and cultural like upheaval happening right now um that on top of the covid stuff and just a general feeling that this social contract that we thought we signed isn't being honored by our government in a way that we expected right and so people are going mm-hmm. to the streets and they're and they're and they're saying what they want to say What's it like in, in Colombia when, like now, I think we talked before the call a little bit that you guys are getting some of, and that this is resonating with your culture too, but also what's it like when, when you got, when, how do Colombians treat this idea of they want things to change? What do you guys do? Like, let's stop there and you can take it from there. Yeah, it's actually a really cool topic, and I've been actually talking about this like uh, for the last couple of days with 
all kind of people. Actually, I was uh, just uh, before in, a, in an interview with Alfredo Jar, and he was talking about exactly this and, and how this uh, it's influencing all or, or all, all of our Latin Latin American countries. And actually, I love this topic, and, and there's there's a lot of things to say about it. Um, the first thing is that I believe Colombia is historically, and this maybe can be a little bit uh, controversial, but historical, histor historically, we didn't have a lot of, uh, how do you say that, like nationalism or uh, not even nationalism, but like integrity, you know, like uni a unifying culture or a, a really big identity with our culture. It's been actually something really uh, modern or like just a couple just a couple of years uh, that Colombian have really starting to understand what being a Colombian is yeah uh, what I want to say is like um, for example the the people who actually uh, created or found Colombia or, or the, the the different uh, ethnic or, or uh, yeah like cultures that arrive in Colombia uh, we had the Spanish people that were not actually, they didn't want to create a culture like, for example, what happened in America, that people from uh, from the UK and from Europe arrived to America with the intention of making a better life. And, mm -hmm. and families arrive, entire families. Here, we had a lot of Spanish people that actually went uh, here as a punishment or arrived here, uh, you know, like... Uh, trying to get away from problems in Spain. So there's a lot of people that actually were in jail in, in Spain arri arriving here. And the only thing they want to do is like uh, fly away from some problems or, or just to uh, create some wealth because uh, the, America, uh, con the American continent was s s presented as a, how to place. be rich place. place. Yeah. yeah. Are you talking? Are you going all the way back into like the 1400s when when people when the first yeah I'm going all all the over? way back. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. Just to set the stage, so the conquistadors came over in 14, in the 1400s and they took over uh, various places in South America and all up along the the Americas. Exactly. Um, the big difference is that they didn't arrive here to create a better place. They arrived here in order to. Uh, take the resources conquest, and, and, yeah. and conquest and go back to, to Spain or to fly from problems in their, uh, in their main countries. Mm -hmm. So we actually had not the best people here arriving from Spain, usually uh, criminals or uh, uh, people that just wanted to, to, to take advantage Soldiers of the of situation. Exactly. Right. We didn't have families. That is, I think, something that happened in, in America, that, in, in North America, that it's key. Uh, to this whole thing that uh, they were families trying to get a better life and, and yeah. a better opportunity. And that mentality, I think it's really important to analyze. Uh, also, uh, we have here, we didn't have before the Spanish a really big uh, Native uh, American culture. We have small villages and small cultures that were really rich in terms of uh, uh, culture but there was not an empire or a really big uh civilization that that happened in mexico with the mayas or in peru with the with incas. the incas and yeah. in north america with a lot of native american really big uh, cultures or, or civilizations um and 
to end all this, the 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 people that arrive here from from uh, um, from Africa and our uh, Afri uh, or native, um, native uh, sorry, <laughs> they all no, arrive here from Africa. Uh, the slaves that were trade from from Africa were from tribes that were really small and they didn't have actually big nations or big uh, cultural cultural uh, environments in Africa. So we we have a, not a big empire from Native American uh, indigenous tribes. We don't have great culture from Spain because they arrived here to explode and and take the resources. And we didn't have like really big, uh, rich uh, or or cultural rich uh, uh, impact from from Africa. So we started like not in the best situation. And I think historically this has marked the Colombians. Uh, as a lack of identity of what being a Colombia actually is. Mm. Um, and I think that's our biggest problem, that we actually have a lot of richness. We have, a, like Juan Pablo was saying, we have, I believe, one of the best and most beautiful landscapes that you can find uh, in, in the whole continent. We have uh, more than 135 uh, rhythms, original rhythms from Colombia. And we have... Uh, a lot of uh, different uh, races and uh, traditions and communities, uh, but there's not an appreciation of the general Colombians to these matters. Uh, because what happened is that we actually had a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, different communities being mixed and and. Uh, fighting against, the, for example, the Spanish and creating their own uh, communities as the Palenques are, and a lot of Palenques also in the Pacific coast. And we have a lot of really mixed and different cultures at the same time. So we have the, Colum the, the, the Pacific coast with one culture that is totally different from the Afro-Colombian uh, uh, Atlantic coast culture and from the Andes culture and from the Amazonic culture and from the Janos culture. There are like for, uh, yeah, at least five different really big, uh, you know, like traditions. Uh, and inside those traditions, we have, you know, like thousands of different communities. Um, but there's not a unity with all these people. There's not with uh, with us as colombian that's real interesting does does music unify those cultures more yeah i think i think like not only music but by but all arts and actually sports has been really important uh, to colombians because they are trying and the government is trying to create this nationalism idea that it's something really really uh, you know like mm, new to colombians uh, actually, if yeah. you talk to to like someone from Colombia and you tell him like mm, Colombia is not such a great country, people sadly will actually answer yes. We are not in the best country, and people like you know like some people from Colombia want to be Europeans, some people from Colombia want to be Americans, like North Americans, and some people from Colombia want to be Mexican, but nobody wants to be Colombian. And I think arts, mm. sports are things that are really helping to to make us see like, okay, give a sense Colombia of pride. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Let us be pride of what we're doing. We, yeah. we actually have a lot of richness here. 
You know, what's weird about nationalism is that uh, on one hand, it's it's unifying and it allows people to become part of something that's bigger than, you know, and it, it can strip away all the the things, the faction, fractional like nature to the, the culture that you're talking about, right? All these different people from different places, different times. But then like, then there's this idea we're dealing with in America, which is our version of nationalism, which is mm -hmm. the same concept that was sold during um, Hitler's time, right? And it was, and it's really, it ends up becoming very divisive too, because hey, no, we're Americans and these are not Americans, right? But like the idea of America, for not to take it off Colombia because we want to get back there, but. The idea of America is the melting pot. It is that all types of people make America, right? Whereas just that's how how it's always been. But totally. But what's but what's cool about I guess it seems like what I'm hearing with you guys is that because nationalism is coming in at this point, it's and you have already established all these different types of people into Colombia, that it actually could be a unifying idea that that you guys are in, that they're introducing sports are really in, like you mentioned that like that's the that's tribalism right away right like putting on the banner and being like this is my team you know it, it, it it's interesting stuff yeah yeah it's it's uh, nationalism it's like a globally seen like something that can be really uh, harmful but here in Colombia, we are in the other side completely. Like, there's not nationalism at all. People don't, don't they are, like, uh, on average view, they are not proud of the of the flag, for example. I know that in America, someone, I don't know, burns a flag or, or disrespects a flag. It's something that people will attack immediately. Here you, is it's like... It's actually a crime. Uh, for example, I, I don't think it's, it's a crime here in Colombia to burn a flag. I don't know. I'm not sure. But so. I'm I'm pretty sure people wouldn't be like that upset if if you see someone burning a flag, for example. In America, that will I don't know people will kill somebody for yeah. Burning you a go flag. to <laughs> you you can go to jail. Yeah, you will you will be arrested if you are caught doing it for sure. So yeah, so we are like in 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 the other in the other side of 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 this scale. So maybe for for some countries there's there's, there's too much nationalism, but here in Colombia, we are lacking a lot. Mm. Uh, not for the aggressive part, not for the part that we are Colombians, you are not, so you are not part of this, but I, just for being proud of being a Colombian. I think that's the, 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 the beginning of nationalism is just being proud about being from Colombia from, or, or from any country. And, and, and I believe people are not really proud of being a Colombian. Uh, it's also because we've been on a on an internal conflict and on a, an armed conflict for the past 50 years and before that we actually had a lot of internal conflict uh, different conflicts not only with the guerrillas but with uh, political parties that has been uh, dividing the people almost in any uh, conflict by two sides uh, conservative side and mm -hmm. liberal side well, that's here. That's here as well, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. But I think in in, in the states, it's been you know like peacefully. <laughs> so it has, it like like people now. here will kill somebody for being conservative, like uh, in the nineties, twenties. Like they're actually 
the, was the, there's this tradition. I don't know how to, to translate this, Juanpa. Uh, el, el corte de corbata. How do you say that? Like, uh, what do you mean by that? Eh, así se llamaba una, como un, una matanzas, unas matanzas que hacían cortes de corbata o corbatas conservadoras. Okay, so the, there was this whole like thing, this whole tradition called uh, like tie cut. It would translate. Yeah, quickly. like tie cut. Yeah. Mm. So conservative people will actually, uh, uh, how do you say that, like sliced or, or cut like the, the, the neck yeah. of, uh, of oh, the or cut your neck and, and taking the tongue out from the, from the neck, from the, from the throat. And that's why. Wow. It, That's what what called conservative cut or tight cut, like you know, like like a tight, uh, like a tight tight. Sorry, yeah, like, yeah tight. that's really brutal. rusty lately. That's, <laughs> that's brutal. brutal. I haven't haven't speak English in a while, so I'm my my, my mind is kind is kind, it's all good, kind man. of uh, yeah. You're doing really well. <laughs> you're doing great. Hey, that <laughs> leads you. me that leads me to some questions more about what you guys are up to, but like in specific. It sounds like you guys are are pretty, you know, as a as a group. Um, you know, some some musicians stay all the way away from cultural and political things, right? Other musicians really tie it into their world. How do you how do you guys think about all this stuff and 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 what you? How do you use social media to talk about these points? Do you find that you, you don't, or do you leave it on the you know, into different places. How do you guys use social media? We get to start there. Well, actually, like our philosophy with Mowgli um, is that as we are like inspiring by all these folkloric traditions, cultures, sounds, um, we have never wanted like to appropriate them, but like to make, I don't know if you say this way in English, an homage, like, making like oh homage yeah uh-huh like making for like uh rent like giving an honor to these cultures instead of representing them you know yeah like a tribute yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah making a tribute that's just what i wanted to say like making a tribute to these cultures to our country instead of representing it why because we don't know we We are like not literally part of these indigenous Afro-Colombian and a whole lot of other diverse cultures in Colombia. We are not part of them. And we don't know if they want to be represented by us, you know, but we know they have like all this richness, all this magic, all these beautiful things. And we want to make a tribute to that, you know, in that sense, um, That's somehow why we, what we try to do in our social media, like make a tribute to all this kind of stuff mm -hmm. and like show people what are the beautiful things we've got here in Colombia and throughout Latin America. And also lately, um, not always, but like since some months ago, maybe a year ago, we've been trying to be like a little bit more active in the things we say, in the things we share with people, you know? not like in a really political, super active way, super di direct way, because it's not our kind of speech. But yeah. we want like to make people think by themselves or in other words, invite them to think, to think, by, to think by themselves, invite them like to 
think about different important topics, for example, when the Amazon rainforest was burning down or, 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 the, or when the same things happened in Australia or right now or in November of last year, there were a lot of protests in Latin America, like it is happening in the US right now. So yeah, we don't like used to have a really active and direct voice in this kind of environment, but we do like to invite people like to consider these things and like to imagine ways in how can we not only as musicians but as citizens as colombians and as people from the world can contribute to these situations and make this place better for all of us you know yeah mm -hmm. very that's cool interesting. that's 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 a good way to go yeah How's... because excuse me like there, there are much more political and direct projects that uh, are like more much straightforward in those kind of things i don't know maybe rage against the machine you know but yeah, the black flag it's not our case yeah. exactly it's not our case we like more like to put good vibes into our music transmit that to people and let like invite them to think how we can all together make all this better you know do you guys have a strategy with your social media? Do you like, hey, we got to post every day, every week, or is it just when you feel it? Or That's been changing a lot. Like um, before it was like really organic. So just when we felt it, you know, um, lately with all this COVID thing, uh, all this coronavirus thing, um, the social media is one of the principal ways you can connect to people because there are not more live shows anymore, at least right now. Um, so we have to be more active in social media. We have done like some live streaming that yeah. uh, for me, like in my personal opinion, it is quite a strange experience because it's like playing for a computer or for a cell phone. And obviously you've got all these people watching you on the other side and that is beautiful and you can connect to the people in this way, but it's not the same feeling as like being on the top of a stage yeah. oh yeah stage. i mean the crowd and the crowd interaction and engagement is what it can exactly. totally influence your performance you know the energy of the crowd you feed off of now you're kind of just yeah it's almost like practice yeah. it's like the, the same totally. kind of energy you'd have in a rehearsal but yeah, yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> like, it feels like kind of a rehearsal you know but um also nowadays like social media and from some years ago is capable of breaking barriers of space and time, you know? So for example, um, once in a while, people from Africa or for, from France or from some really strange places we've never heard of, write us and they tell us like, hey, we listen to your music and somehow your music has been really useful to us because we've healed throughout uh, your music by listening to it or we don't understand anything but we like the beats you, you make and this is a really good part of social media you know like you can yeah. connect to people mm -hmm. in totally different places from totally different ages even so so that is like the way we like to perceive it to use it not like ultra active and posting every day but more like trying to really to connect with people we try to answer their questions we try to answer their comments you know so it is more this way we use it that's cool 
Um, I don't know if you had a question earlier, Brian. I, I think you, you were going to say something, but I did. No, I just had a question like, you, you know, and, and not to sound kind of ignorant or anything, but in America, you know, we, what we, what I know about Colombia, my first introduction to Colombia was in the eighties, the Pablo Escobar, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I've personally been always curious and fascinated about the story of that. And then, and especially the big prison that he built for himself and all that. Um, and just there, what you were saying earlier about like nationalism and how people are so divided there, it seemed that way, you know, at least my impression of Colombia was divided. And, and then Pablo Escobar kind of came in and, you know, he, he fed the poor and, and, and did things. And, you know, arguably that's kind of how he rose to power is getting a lot of the power of the people and the production of the people. Um, is there still kind of ringing signs of that or is that, you know, I mean, you go to Germany and you talk to people about World War II and the Nazi regime, and the Germans are like, oh, no, you know, we don't even touch that. We're a different Germany. Would, is that the attitude of Colombia with the Pablo Escobar regime and that kind of fame and infamy? I, I think it's kind of similar in some ways and some ways and very different in other ways. I believe, uh, I mean, Hitler, it's, it's, it's a really, really big and secure and you know like horrible figure and and i mean Pablo Escobar was also that he killed a lot of people that i think hitler and and the whole holocaust it's yeah it's like another level it's it's quite a quite a, a different analogy but it's kind of similar some ways like uh as a colombian i don't feel represented by Pablo Escobar at all uh Actually, I believe it's one of the darkest figures in the Colombian history. Uh, my father, for example, when the, the, the uh, Avianca plane, that is one of the biggest terrorist, I don't know if you can call it terrorist, but uh, attacks or, or uh, how do you say that? Uh, yeah, incidents, uh, incidents bombs, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, my father actually had to, to, to go to 11 different funerals that night uh, because he had 11 friends on that plane. Wow. Uh, wow. So, yeah, when, when, when people say uh, things about Pablo Escobar, I just think about my father going to a funeral mm-hmm. uh, several times because it, it, went, it was not only on the Avianca plane, but in many other uh, attacks. I mean, uh, pretty much every nation has a little bit of history of something, I mean, maybe not to the extent of Hitler, but yeah, I think ours is right now, the guy that we have in office, you know, he's very divisive. Um, you can ask any American, guy. you know, he's, we're not extremely proud of that. Maybe in the same way, you're not extremely proud of the Escobar. Um, but it is, it's, it's interesting, you know, I mean, it's one for the history books and, um, we don't talk about like in America, we don't, yeah, get, yeah, for we sure. don't actually yeah. get to talk a lot about what, what happened to the native Americans. That was, if you want to think about a genocide, Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty pretty incredible too in yeah. the way that they treated the ones that survived is you know it's a, it's the darkest spot on american history for sure without a doubt um when uh you know lighter note back to like kind of how you guys run your band and your business and stuff some of the stuff that we end up like kind of leading these conversations to is just how letting musicians like like how do you you know, we talked a little bit about Instagram and sound like I kind of got a feel for where you guys are at, which is you're, you're using it for like true 
connection and engagement with the folks that want to engage with you. So you're like, you're all about that. Um, you're not just using it as an always advertisement, um, billboard. Emotional tool. Yeah. Um, what other things do you, so, but, but the, the reality is it seems to be a musician is that you, you really, that marketing's always been a part of everybody's lives, right? Whether the label did it for you or, or the bands did it independently. How do you guys, since, and then a lot of people use social media as like a marketing tool, how do you guys think about just maybe how you guys promote your music and what's been the most effective for you? Yeah, well, actually, um, now that you say, of course, uh, even though we want to connect with people like truly through Instagram and social media, we also have to recognize that it is a tremendously useful tool nowadays to get to other people and to promote the project, uh, to promote the band, you know? Mm -hmm. um, we've got the fortune, the big fortune that many independent bands, because nowadays we are still an independent band. We are about to sign with our first label, but we are still an independent band right now. And we have the fortune that many independent bands here in Colombia don't have, and is that we have a really amazing and solid team behind us. So Sam and I can like truly focus our energy in making some good music that is honest and connects with the people. But behind us, we've got uh, Romulo and Tomas, which are our two managers. We've got also a really good art director, which is Sam's girlfriend. And we've got a lot of people helping us in every show and also uh, managing the social media, you know. And these people, uh, as we, like as the band members, focus in connecting with the people, in talking with the people, in truly trying to listen to the people, because what we think is like, the music we make is not for us, but for the people that listens to it. There's also many people in our team like thinking, okay, how can we get to other people or how can we get advantage of these tools that nowadays Facebook and Instagram and all these social uh, media is offering to us uh, to get to other people. And it has been really useful um, to get to new audiences, also to go to different places we've never been before. But in this uh, particular topic, I think one of the most useful plat platforms for us has been Spotify, you know, mm. because um, Spotify basically is now, nowadays, I can imagine it works nowadays as someday in the past radio stations worked, right? right? So if people in the radio listen to your music, like many other people will listen, the people will tell about your music to other people. And that's right right now what happens with Spotify. Mm. Our first uh, like hit song, if you can call it like that, uh, was like that because on Spotify, on Spotify, the song was featured in many playlists of different countries. Countries like we've never been before and countries like that, that don't even speak Spanish. But somehow the Spotify editors liked our music and they put it in these playlists of, I don't know, uh, the States and Italy and Sweden and Argentina and a lot of places that were really far away from us, you know? Mm -hmm. And because of this, we've got the chance, for example, then to go touring to Mexico or to the States. 
because this was like the direct vehicle that took our music to all these people. Yeah. So I think it is really important to also like recognize how the music industry has changed nowadays and how this can be a really useful way for people to discover new music and for musicians to show their music to many people in the world. Because once again, as I said about social media, um, the, plat the streaming platforms uh, kind of work as a way of breaking the barriers of space and time, you know? You can listen to music from Africa of the 1960s, as you can music you listen to music from the States of this uh, year, you know? So yeah. it is a really nice thing that is happening nowadays with all these useful platforms and tools. Yeah, that's was that cool. uh Was that Manglar, the song? Yeah, it, it uh, was Manglar. Oh, that's that's the one that turned me on to you guys, actually. <laughs> Thanks a lot. It, it. It's like, for us, honestly, it's crazy. It is really crazy, even now these days, that people like you, um, two guys from the States, got to listen Manglar somehow, because it's like... When we started making our songs, we were in our stu studio and we were like, okay, let's do, let's just do some songs uh, for the pleasure of making these songs. Obviously, we wanted to live of music, but we didn't imagine that when we were putting that song on Spotify, someday it will go, it will get to people like you, you know. Yeah. So it is really crazy that those things yeah. can it's happen. Kind of, it's kind of the magic of, of of the of the streaming platforms. Uh, uh -huh. When we released Manglar, we had like. I don't remember, like three or maybe four tracks with it. And we didn't know which track to uh, upload first. Uh, definitely our favorite track uh, was Manglar. But mm -hmm. we went to, to a little label here in Colombia and they told us like Manglar was really, really not a, a commercial song. <laughs> don't you love that? Yeah. When they're really, really happy yeah, not to. The yeah. best thing that we didn't listen to them and, and I couldn't be happier. Uh, yeah, they actually said that. We had another song, I remember. We never published it. It was called Bailador, and it's, I don't know, the most horrible song we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah. it's super commercial, you know? It's almost reggaeton there. And and they were like, we have to go with, with Bailador, and we have to go with Bailador, and Bailador is like the best song you know, of, of these four songs. And somehow we said like, no, like we really like Manglar, and, and Bailador was actually like, not the kind of music we want to be representing and it's, it's and such a said, satisfying feeling though yeah. when, <laughs> when you're in i had a similar situation when we signed to a big record here in the states atlantic records and they said in our song that ended up being our big song finding out true love is blind they said this song's this song could be radio this song could be radio but this song right here will never make the radio and we were like oh Bummer, you feel that way, but that was the song that ended up defining <laughs> the story. band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe I believe that 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 happens a lot, and and it's because when you're true and and you're honest with a song, I don't know how, but that thing just translates, and and people can feel it. Like when when your soul is actually into a song, and mm -hmm. and I believe that happened with Manglar. That that was us at that time uh, and, and at that moment. It, it it really represent what we were and what we thought. And 
yeah, somehow that translated and, and that uh, made people like it. Or, or I don't know if maybe it's just luck or I think it's that that kind of questions that you would never know the answer. Yeah, like never why, know the answer. why some yeah. songs. It's, pretty, it's a kind of a, it's a hodgepodge of all of it. It's luck, yeah. timing, um, you know, obviously getting into a, hitting the Spotify playlist lottery is always a, um, always a benefit, but. I mean, you know, but don't sell yourself short, man. It's a really great song. You know, I've I've actually gone to Mowgli's Spotify page and, you know, just hit play and, you know, went off and vacuumed my house and cleaned my kitchen. So I got, you know, I've, <laughs> I've listened to pretty much your entire catalog, but that that one's still in my, you know, added to my liked songs. You That's know, the I, beauty of, uh, Thank you of, so much. of streaming mm-hmm. platforms is you can do housework while you listen. I know totally. it's so great. <laughs> yeah, it's the best thing about it. Hey, is I mean, there a, you're in your house cleaning? Uh, yeah, for sure. Besides <laughs> yeah, Instagram, <laughs> besides Instagram, what what what's a popular uh, social media site down down where you're at? Or what? yeah, what do people use there? Uh, well, uh, people, uh, how do you say? People, people nowadays uh, they use a lot of Facebook still. Even though, like in the States, I think it's getting less and less popular. Yeah. Here it is too, but I think people here use it a lot more than in the States. Mm-hmm. And like the new generations, um, and also even a, a, a lot of our generation use a lot TikTok. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't like personally that social. Like, it is, it is difficult because if you, if you want to use it like to maybe entertain or like to past the time you know it can be a good social network but if you want to transmit like an important message yeah, maybe it's, it's not, not the that. best one to use but mm-hmm. on the other hand it's the one that the new generations are choosing to use so you also have, have to adapt adapt and well twitter as always has been like used uh, mm-hmm. like constantly by many people but i would say i imagine facebook and instagram are the ones that people use the, the most mm-hmm. i was excited I about tiktok out of the gate only because you know even what nick and i tried to even create create it was like i've always longed for like a, a social network or, or you know something of peers that was just <coughs> dedicated solely to music you know and um i thought when TikTok, i'm not on tiktok now but i i thought when it first came out that, that it was kind of a it was all about music but it quickly it became about it's not really you know, about dance it. moves and uh <laughs> music is like secondary second. yeah <laughs> music's yeah. just a it's a like a spice it's like the it definitely yeah. drives it we we have a our, our business has a tiktok channel but we don't we don't do dance. Brian wants to do dance moves, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> the one way yeah, I lose for, for, my for entire fan base. TikTok actually kind of re- represents the entire internet somehow. Like uh, I remember when I was a child and, and the internet was just starting and my father uh, sit with me one time and he said like, there's this thing called internet that is huge now and, and it's arriving to Colombia and and he was talking with his friend that was this is going to be like this huge library when all human knowledge was going to be put and you could uh, come and, and, and just uh, have all that knowledge in your computer and, and share a lot of art, the art or, or cultural or, yeah. or just knowledge mm-hmm. in general. And, you know, internet is more memes, memes. How do you say that in English? <laughs> memes? Yeah, memes. We've, we've memes. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, and, and pornography and a lot of things that are not really 
like great knowledge. It's uh, yeah, it's almost uh, scary so it's, how much it, information it, you can yeah. get at your fingertips. So, so for me, yeah. TikTok is was kind of like that. That I, I thought it was gonna be like the most, uh, you know, like um, how do you say, like uh, honest maybe, and more like uh, yeah, like transparent platform when you can share just your thoughts and and your videos uh, without having to. Uh, you know, like edit it so much or, or like yeah. showing something I real, like Instagram happens a lot. Like people is not sh being really themselves in Instagram. Like they, mm -hmm. they just have the, the perfect side of, of, of their mm -hmm. life there. And I thought yeah, TikTok was going to be like all the opposite, like just really transparent and, and, and honest platform. And yeah, now it's all about like, comic uh, or like mm -hmm. fun it's entertainment and, yeah and people go there to be entertained yeah. yeah this is kind of what happened with the internet too <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, so fun. it's great though that your father was so forward thinking and nailing it because like my dad was the opposite i remember when email first came out and i was like dad everybody at my school is getting an email maybe we should get me a computer you know my family was so late to get into the computer age and my dad was like bry this email thing's a fad no, everybody, <laughs> everyone, who's going to want to get a message that's not handwritten? And I was totally, like, no, for me, probably for me, right. All the opposite. Like, I don't know why my father is always like, like at the edge of, of technology. Yeah, Remember in, in school, I, I was, this was like 2008, 2006, something like that before graduating from high school. And uh, I really wanted a computer because I, I really like to, to edit music and videos and, you know, like, uh, movie maker was the thing for me and just anything like you know like homemade videos uh, yeah. and I asked my father for a computer and I was thinking about a Windows and then he arrived with a Mac that in that time uh, uh, Apple was not that big or I don't know if maybe in, in, in America it was already but here in Colombia yeah. no one knew about Apple and he gave me an, 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 a MacBook and and I was like, what the hell is this? Where's the, where's the home button? <laughs> I feel like, this is going to be great in the, future, in the future. And I was like, okay, I mean, it's great and it works perfect, but no one knows this computer. And I remember That's when I was in, in the school with the computer, people were like, what the hell is that? And, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, people were like, you should buy a Windows. That sucks. And yeah, later my father was right for some reason. And, and it's been like that my whole life. Like every family meeting, he's like, Talking about new, talking about new uh, technologies or what's coming in the future and in the future, and I really don't know what he's reading all these years because because he kinds of, of he's ahead of his time. <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> yeah. It's polarizing sometimes, you know. There's Windows people and there's Mac people, you know. It's, yeah, uh, it, it is funny. It really came down to me when once you know I started getting serious about music and. You know, this was like right around when I had a desktop PC. It became apparent to me pretty quick that the PC and Windows world is kind of the place you'd go for business, you know, like spreadsheets and things like that. But Mac always seemed to kind of be the creative tool kind of computer. You know, they always had the, you know, it came with movie editing software. It came with a garage band and, um, where that was always kind of a, you know, forever you couldn't get Pro Tools on a Windows computer. You had to have a Mac, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, you know, the hardcore PC people when Mac, or with the hardcore Mac people would start putting viruses out there to dethrone 
Uh, <laughs> the window seat. It's like seriously, <laughs> there's a war over this stuff. Come on, man. So it's gonna be <laughs> yeah, a war over business. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do you guys? Uh, what's next for you guys? Speaking of business, like getting into. You know, you mentioned that you're signing a label. You're signing a label. So, what what's the next six months a year look like for you guys? Yeah, so we've been making a lot of music since last year. Um, it's been a quite unique experience because um, we have always made music together, uh, but this time um, I went to Mexico City to live there for six months, as I told you sometime before. Yeah, and um, some was still here in Bogota, Colombia. So we started like finishing some songs uh, at the distance, and that was a really cool experience. We never mm-hmm. lived before, and um, now we've got prepared like some quite yeah like some songs uh, we're about to release. Um, as I told you, these are the first songs we're releasing with the label, so we're really happy about that. We're gonna see how we get through. And um, also, um, we're really happy because we are making some collaborations, some featurings with international artists that um, will take our music, I think, to new audiences, to new places that never have been before so strongly as Spain, for example, as Europe. So that will be really nice. And besides that, uh, well, we will still be creating music, um probably making some more live streamings we've got one this sunday with a hotel called selena at uk Mm. and uh, besides that um i guess as everyone right now reinventing ourselves and using all this situation to um, inspire somehow ourselves and make some good music because that is the best we can do right now right yeah Yeah, very cool You guys have a, um, sorry, Nick, you guys have, um, actually when my father was alive, there was this thing when I was a kid that every time it was 11, 11, he'd say, yeah, make make a wish. And I have that song of your guys is in my playlist too. So kind of every time it comes on, I'm brought back to this kind of happy childhood memory of mine. But, um, I love that song. Do you guys, you guys play that one live when you perform? Yeah, a lot. A lot. Sounds yeah. like actually yeah. every every single time. It's, it's really? one of our favorite songs to play. Yeah. What's your live show like? Do you guys? How do you guys set that up? So it's it's like mm, like more uh, dance and and move version of our songs. Uh, like we kind of remixed uh, some songs from from our albums. Yeah. Uh, and we we remix it to play. In, in to be played in live so so it has more movement so it's like a danceable version of Mowgli. <laughs> mm-hmm. cool very cool yeah a little bit more upbeat a little bit more a uh, long so the people like can dance in the instrumental in the instrumental parts and yeah. also uh, when we can uh, mostly when we play here in colombia we like to invite a lot of people to our shows so uh, one thing about Mowgli is that we like to do a lot of collaborations because, for example, when we do a featuring with uh, another singer, like the essence of that person, it is instantly transmitted to the song, you know? So it is like really nice to invite a lot of different people. Uh, some electronic bands, as for example, Bonobo or Disclosure, do this a lot. And yeah. that is kind of an inspiration for us because it's not like just 
having one single voice, but a lot of voices. There are some songs as 1111 that have, have our voices, but there are many others that have voices from other people, other singers, and not only singers, but other instrumentalists. Mm -hmm. And um, here in Colombia, in our shows, we love to invite these people to play with us live, mostly in our big shows. So it is a really nice experience, like inviting them to the stage and making like a different kind of show every time, you know, it is a really nice thing to do. And when we, when we travel, we take like a most a more small version of the show but hopefully one day we can take like we can we will take like the full version of this inviting people show to everywhere that's cool yeah i can't wait to see you guys live um as we uh wind down here it's a couple things um where can people find you Okay, so, so we'll can... no, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you can find um, us on every social network as at Mowgli Musica, that is spelled M-O-U-G-L-I, and Musica as music, but with an I with an A at the end. Mowgli Musica. And uh, you can also look for us in every platform, in every streaming platform as Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, YouTube. And we will be there, honestly, answering your messages. Any question you have, any comment you want to make, uh, we will be reading it ourselves. So feel welcome to do it. And thanks, thank you guys for inviting us here. We're yeah, really it was great talking with you guys. Yeah, it's uh, really great talking to you guys. We've been a fan now for a while. I, of course, always keep in touch with Romulo, but um, really great to connect with you guys after hearing your voices so much in the music and uh, getting to put faces with the sound. Uh, that said, we love to, um, you know, we start the show usually with, um, and, you know, I'll loop an instrumental part of one of your songs, but then we'll play the whole song at the end. Do you guys have something that you wanted to promote or... Do you, um, you know, want us to pick a song? Because we've got some favorites too, but obviously it's a dealer's choice here, you you guys. Well, right now, I think it would be your choice, the best choice, because we've, we haven't anything, we have not anything to promote right now. So whatever mm -hmm. you want will be really- I mean, I'd say Manglar. I don't want you guys to be sick <laughs> of the song, but it is such a good first impression of you guys. Um, I mean, it, that's selfishly, it was my first impression of you guys, but it, it did make me want to dig deeper into your guys' catalog once I heard that song. If you or, think that, I think that is a really good choice. Yeah, probably. yeah. That, Excellent. Yeah, Bangalore has been like our flag for, 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 <laughs> for a long time, and, and, and it definitely, it, it's a great card of presentation. So yeah, go ahead with that. Sweet. Excellent. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for yeah, uh, right on. time, and great to meet you, and... Good luck with everything. Really appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you, Nick Brian. It's been Nick a pleasure. Brian. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Our pleasure. All right, guys. Whenever you come to Colombia, feel free to write to us. We can take you to some cool places. And oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, sounds and great. And play some good music to listen to some good Colombian music. We'd Excellent. love it. We'll have to make a company trip down there. Cool. Yeah. That would be yeah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, lot, guys. guys. Well, thanks so much again. All right. Have a great day. You See too. you. See ya.